We don't want to succumb or be anxious or even be influenced by these intense emotions. That's why we're so scared to even talk about them. We keep them locked up in the dark away from anyone. It is our personal experiences and shame plays a huge role in why we're so afraid to talk about them. Welcome to the Really Personal Podcast, where there's no room for sugarcoating and beating around the bush. I'm your host, Marianne Addis. Things are about to get real, y'all. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on the Really Personal Podcast on this Marianne's Mindset, where we will explore our inner voice and the one that definitely echoes never again and how it deserves your gratitude. We'll dive into understanding your triggers, forming healthy relationships, and learning from past experiences without letting them blindside your future. Processing and navigating the past, whether it's past relationships, breakups, failed marriages, failed businesses, it's not strictly a five-step plan that yields to deliverance of regret, pain, and trauma. Trauma affects all of us at different points in life, and they are universally hard. This is why we need to seek out help and ways to really dive deep into these triggers and these traumas. As a reminder, all of our emotions, fears, and doubts are part of the human experience. We can't run from them. We cannot compartmentalize them or rationalize them into insignificance. Our past experiences can play a huge role in laying out a new foundation, a new roadmap, heck, a blueprint of how to grow and to change further. We are often too afraid to embark on such a crusade of feeling uncomfortable. It's very common. Besides with our friendships and our relationships, trying to dig into someone's psyche, to dive into their emotions, to listen and engage in it requires a lot of vulnerability and unfortunately a lot of shame. We don't want to succumb or be anxious or even be influenced by these intense emotions. That's why we're so scared to even talk about them. We keep them locked up in the dark away from anyone. It is our personal experiences. And shame plays a huge role in why we're so afraid to talk about them. And unfortunately, these intense emotions can really put a hold on ourselves. It could really limit us from taking big steps, from progressing and moving forward. And my question to you is, what is the worst thing that can happen if you really take a look into your most vulnerable, uncomfortable part of you? What's the worst thing? You can either escape it, compartmentalize it, but then that won't yield to any fruit or any benefit. Or we can acknowledge the persistency of these emotions, these fears, allow it to have space in order to learn from them, to grow from them, and to become more. We interpret our emotions of sadness, regret, and grief as failures, and we shouldn't. And that is not the case at all. They can become our greatest asset if you allow it to be. It could be a powerful tool, so powerful that you can declare never again. If we bravely yet carefully 
take a look back at what has defined our trauma feelings, our triggers, we can probably see revelations of self-courage, self-strength, and self-reliance. We just didn't have the ability to learn to make different decisions because the events happened in real time. We're just coming face to face with it at that moment. How can we learn from anything if we're just in the moment facing it? The infancy of our intense emotional reactions didn't have the chance to birth new revelations and commitments. I am a natural giver while also being a people pleaser. And in my past relationships, this has brought such great pain, disappointments, and frankly, self-loathing. How is it that the thing that I naturally feel to be a giver, to allow others to feel good and to be happy, why do I feel that I'm being taken for granted? Why do I feel rejected by others? And why am I left second-guessing myself, my identity, my feelings? I approach my relationships, whether romantically or friendship-wise, by giving it my all. That's the way I was raised. That is something that just resonates with me. I give it my all until when. And with that, I have learned that something that is so natural, something that for me, it can yield to wonderful, lasting, and deep-rooted relationships can be something that I can take a look at. Because as I embark on relationships, it is a trigger. A part of me doesn't want to give it her all. A part of me doesn't want to allow someone else to feel good. Why? Because I've been taken advantage of. And I think that as a natural giver, it's hard to recognize that part of yourself. Because they're not bad things. Giving it your all is not a bad thing on its own. People pleasing on its own is not a bad thing. It is how we can manage them, how we can balance them. And that's the goal for me is to find balance to where I can still give my all, be kind, show kindness, but yet there's a balance in my relationships with that. Now, after failed relationships, friendship included, where reciprocity became non-existent, I learned something so powerful that I can no longer unlearn it or not implement it in my life. You know, people leave traces of who they are, and I was just not picking up on the signs. Let's be real. No one ever does anything once. When someone did something hurtful or I witnessed them do something hurtful or a wrongdoing, if I tried to address it, I would receive lame reasons or justifications. I remember one person in particular said, oh, that's just not me. I had a lot of trauma growing up. I've been through hell. I had a horrible childhood. This is my natural reaction, but this is not me. And I'm going to work on this. And I believe the person because I give it my all. Okay. If you say something, I'm going to believe it. And I would wholeheartedly believe them. And in a relationship, I would see that repetition of that behavior occurring. So the person said, oh, that's not who I am. That's just a one-time situation. But then people naturally do things more than once. And what I've learned after witnessing this repeated and hurtful behavior is that people have patterns. If they did something bad, they've done it before. If they are not committed, 
They've done it before. If they are fearful of taking the next steps in a relationship, they've done it before. And on top of that, I've learned that they will keep doing it. So what is my never again? When someone shows me who they are, believe them. Crystal and I did an amazing episode not too long ago about living an integrous life. And this reminds me of that very episode. And in my last relationship especially, that never again has rung louder than ever before. And I'm thankful for that loudness, for that acknowledgement that has become so true, so permanent, and so imprinted in my mind and heart. I learned something. And when you learn something new in life or you gain a new perspective, you also gain a new tool and you should be very thankful for yourself for coming to that conclusion, for coming into that awareness. It's a monumental occasion to learn a very valuable lesson in life. And we still have much more to learn and to experience. That's the part that says never again. That part of you that says never again is essentially protecting you from the pain and trauma you felt in the past. Now, what's the opposite of thanking yourself? It's blaming yourself. And that won't yield to anything. It won't yield to clarity. It won't gain clarity. Yes, we can take ownership for our feelings. We can take responsibilities for our wrongdoings. But that's different than blaming. I can sit here and tell you that it's my fault for falling for men who are unclear of their path and their feelings. That it's my fault that I have given my all to men who are unsure of themselves and me. That it's my fault that I didn't take notice of the early signs of fears and really trying to give them excuses and try to understand them and try to mold and fix them and to help them. That it is my fault for not trusting my gut feeling that was telling me you need to look deeper into this because there's something not right here. That it is my fault for not responding to that gut feeling because in the end, I wanted to be with that person no matter what. I was going to do whatever it took to be with that person. I was going to fight the fight and I was going to win the race. It's my fault for having that mentality. It's my fault for continuing. But what good does that do for me to just keep blaming myself for a relationship that did not yield to a marriage or a fruitful relationship. Nothing. I'm in the same situation as I am right now. It doesn't yield to progress, love, hope, or life in general. If I'm going to sit here and spend most of my energy and time blaming myself, I'm taking away time from learning. Learning that, okay, I need to take recognition of things, actions, and behaviors. Because as human beings, we tend to be repeated offenders. We tend to do things more than once. And so that is my never again. When embarking on new relationships, getting to know someone, I'm going to ask certain questions, of course, but I also want to see their behaviors, their intentionality. And as soon as a man starts talking about his fears, his fears of failing a relationship, and like nothing serious is happening, I'm going to take note to that and go, ah, never again. Because Those are the early signs for me to acknowledge that no matter all the energy, all the work that I put into the relationship, it doesn't matter if the other person is so fearful because their trauma is holding them back. I can't control that. 
you can't control someone else's traumas or their reactions to their traumas. All you can do is control yourself. And by controlling yourself, I mean to want to allow yourself to learn, to find and discover what is the never again. And so I'm asking you right now, what is your never again? How can you start thanking yourself for saying never again? Your future needs you, not your past. The past is a place of reference. It's not a place of residence. The beautiful thing about life is that you can always change, grow, and get better. You're not defined by your past. You're not defined by your mistakes. Our brains are wired for correctness, but trauma tries to rewire them in order to protect us. That's great, but then what does that yield us to? How can that lead us to life lessons that we can move forward in? How can that lead us to never again? That's why healthy relationships are difficult for wounded people. That is something that I just learned. I think I was always aware of it, but I didn't fully understand that. And we break the cycle of trauma when we decide, when we decide that our past relationships don't get to control our future ones. So thank the part of you that says never again, because in that act, that is an act of self-love. The driving force, the quest for knowledge and understanding and love comes from addressing our past traumas without blame, without judgment, to really see it, to come face to face with it. Journaling helps us out tremendously because it allows us to really unload all of our emotions and thoughts without the fear of judgment from others, without the fear of people looking at us differently. We can learn from our triggers and traumas. Yes, it's going to make us anxious. Yes, we're going to have natural reactions to them. But if we don't try to learn from them, then we remain in the same state of trauma and triggers. I don't think you can ever eliminate traumas or triggers. They're always going to occur. It's what happens next. Let's say I'm getting to know someone and he starts to bring up fears of intimacy, fears of relationship, which is basically the textbook for an unemotionally ready person for a relationship. Okay, he triggered something. All these thoughts are going to start coming into my mind. All these feelings and fears are going to come into my mind because I'm witnessing someone say this. And it's not accidental. This is what he's saying. Okay, I have the trauma. I have the trigger occurring. What am I going to do next? This is the aha moment. Because I said never again, I know that I have the courage to say, hey, it seems that our values are not aligned with what our ideas of a relationship means. I don't think this is a good fit or for me. I don't think that this is something that I want to continue to have the courage to say that without being so worried about how he's going to respond because that's the people pleasing side of me. Yes, the traumas and the triggers are going to occur, but now I feel more confident than ever before to express my feelings, to stand up for my values and walk away. And so I want to leave you with some reminders of why we shouldn't be so afraid to look at our traumas and triggers, why we should not try to escape from our deepest fears. Let them be a tool. Let it be a learning tool. And when triggers hit, remember that your past experiences are not your identity. They're your greatest teachers. 
continue to learn, continue to trust yourself, continue to foster a growth, a mindset growth. So what is your never again? What is something that you're learning from your triggers, from your trauma that can lead you to say never again? <laughs> 